The following podcast contains explicit language and content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You do the intro this time. I don't have it in front of me. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Um, welcome to the Guest Bookie Podcast, where two married guys share stories of paranormal encounters, urban legends, and true crime, and other scary things from around the world. I'm Kevin. I'm Andres, I guess. Yeah. Today? Today we are. That's going to confuse people. People already say that we sound alike. <laughs> people say, oh, the fat guy is Kevin. And the smaller guy is Andres, and it's like, no, the fat guy is Andres. Sorry, guys. Sure, sure, yeah. yeah. I've seen that they say that uh, we sound the same, and I think someone else mentioned, it's like, I thought there was a third person. What the fuck? Like, who's the third person? Yeah, it's just us two. Yeah. It's just me and my impressions. <laughs> me and the other voices Our disassociative identity disorder. Do you remember for a long time, people would be like... People that didn't know us would be like, are you guys brothers? And I'm like, that's fucking sick, bro. That's it happened nasty. like three times in one day, too. Yeah. It's like, are you guys brothers? I'm like, what if I kill you? What if I fucking take you out right now, bitch? Yeah. Unprompted, too. It was, it was from like total strangers. It was super weird. And then I'm like, no, this is my husband. And they're like, oh, sorry. And I'm like, yeah, that's weird. No, we're not related. We're not second cousins. Sorry. Oh, you thought this was a rabbit? Oh my god. <laughs> Stop. Um, so there's a couple of things that I want to talk about before I get into my story today. Okay. I'm actually um, really excited to because I know what it is about. Yeah. But you mentioned it once to me like a year ago, and I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. But and now I'm finally doing it a year later. That's good. I'm yeah. I'm nervous. Um Caliuchis and Peso Pluma. Yeah. I love their new song. I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> That's the important thing I wanted to talk uh, about. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How are you? We missed that. We missed that like at the beginning since we started a little different. How are you, Andres? How are you doing? What the fuck? How was your week? Um, I've been fighting for my life. Um, I work in taxes. It's tax season. It's so tax season, I have not. Baby. What day is today? We're recording on the day that we're re- supposed to be releasing this episode. You, we'll see if it why happens. Why do you have to tell on me? See how I literally didn't do it. What, what are you going to say next? Oh, I do the first episode now because you couldn't get your notes done on time during the month? See how I literally did not do anything. You're so see rude. How I did You're not. hypothetically so rude to me right now. Stop. That wasn't even the direction I was going in. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, in the the day of today... I have worked 10 days straight. Wow. No days off. Wow. Today, I was actually supposed to um, work till like 8 or 11, I think. I, I forgot. Um, but we had plans. So I said, hey, I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I have I have to record a podcast. I Goodbye. I fucking say that. <laughs> yeah. What was something yeah, that, else? that song um, by Caliuchis and Peso Pluma... It just scratches the right part of my brain. It just... If that comes on at the club, I'm, I'm going gonna... to start doing backflips. I'm going to start swinging from the rafters. Like, I'll just... Yeah. I'm going to scream, cl- scream, cry, and throw up at the club. <laughs> I'm crying at the club tonight because that song just scratches my brain and hits yeah. that little part of my heart Purr. so specially. Why is Peso Pluma so like so chill with his voice? Especially in that song. Like, I don't know how he could do that. I don't know how he could do that. Yeah, he good for him. 
I like when um, artists don't just stick to that one genre that they're good at. Yes. When they expand, especially for male artists. Do something else. Like, uh, yeah. Let's do some musical theater. Let's do some opera. What the fuck? Throw something else in the repertoire. Okay. Let's do Les Miserables. I know you don't speak English, but let's do Les Miserables. Uh, I've been dreaming of a true love's kiss. Ooh. Do you remember that vine? <laughs> do you remember that vine? I do not, but I feel like... What's his name? Lynn manuel Miranda is going to come recruit you to put you on he's one of my, his horrible songs. He's like my... Um, Arch nemesis? Okay. <laughs> That's not what I was going to say. But yeah, he's like uh, that anti-me. Yeah. He's everything I'm not. Yeah. And I'm everything he isn't. If we were to I meet, feel like I, feel like, I feel like that's a song. I feel like that's a song. Those are song gonna, He's writing this down as I'm saying it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like if we were to meet... You'd fight him. It's like matter meeting antimatter. Yeah. It would just cancel each other out. Yeah. I feel like if I met a celebrity that I didn't like, I would want somebody to be like, oh my God, that's blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, ew, I don't want to say hi to them. Let's go. Gross. Do you remember that one time I... they can hear me. <laughs> Do you remember that one time I ran to A.V. Quintanilla? No, I don't, because I wasn't there, but you tell oh, me about sorry. it all the time. Uh, cause, oh, the one time I bumped into Skrillex? Oh, that okay, I was there I've for that. I've run into a lot of people. Maybe they should yeah. fucking watch where they're going. I was almost expecting him to be like, hey, you look like you can perform. You want to come up with me? What the fuck? No, I'm just kidding. That was just fantasies in my head. I'm like, oh my God, one day I'm going to get discovered. <laughs> okay for what i don't know because i don't have any talents all i all i do is not know how to shut the fuck up and that's why we have a podcast that's thank why you we for have listening a podcast. yeah exactly <laughs> moving on because then our prima's gonna attack us shut for... the fuck <laughs> up <laughs> she probably stopped listening forever ago she's like, like three fucking, years ago these people they <laughs> cannot stop mentioning about how i told them to shut the fuck up she's over she's over there at home like damn fan behavior wow obsessed with me they bring me up actually you know what that's a good that we bring you up almost every episode i hope you appreciate that we actually stay up at night thinking of the what how we wronged you i actually don't i stay up at night trying not to buy (laughs) a lot of things on amazon while you're sleeping i have to force myself not to like i was watching a video the other day of jazini on tiktok Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, like, how he thinks that doctors should make a pill to give you that satisfaction of you having just spent a lot of money, but without spending any money, that the pill just gives you the satisfaction or that feeling. And I think I need that. Isn't there a chemical for that? Endorphin. Those endorphins. Oh, what's that, that thing is. called? Like, the the pleasure chemical? I think it's endorphins. Like, when you give someone a hug? I think that's endorphins. Okay. Doctor? doctors doctors can we get a doctor doctors that don't hate us please (laughs) that girl was a doctor (laughs) Ooh, people are like what the fuck are these people talking about at this point we're We're rambling yeah we're just saying nothing so if this is your first time uh listening to us uh or returning listener welcome do you want to jump into your case now yeah i guess since i don't have anything else to talk about you got some good palate cleansers i do okay okay so I'm doing the Starlight Tours. Have you ever heard of this before? Uh, no. You kind of mentioned it, and I feel like I have a slight guess as to what it is, mm-hmm. but I don't know the full details. Okay, get ready. I'm going to give some backstory. Okay. Saskatoon is the most heavily populated city in Saskatchewan. As a province, it has the highest highest murder rate per capita in all of Canada. 75% of the male population and 90% of the female population in Saskatchewan prisons are First Nations people. How do you feel about that? Sorry, that was how much? Like 75%, 75% of the male population and 90% of the female population in Saskatchewan prisons are First Nations people. Oh my God. Pretty crazy. Why are you fact-checking me? I'm not. I'm looking at the map. Oh. So we kind of know like things and and more just more backstory about what's going on. Like let's think back. Back a hundred years ago, Catholic schools were funded by the government that basically took a bunch of First Nations children who were very young out of their homes and they were made to live, work, and eat quote unquote proper food. They were heavily abused both physically, sexually, and emotionally at these schools. They were told to cut their hair, 
They were told to stop speaking their language, and they did this all in the hopes that these children would assimilate to Canadian culture. So they really just wanted that um, that First Nations culture, or that First Nations language, First Nations customs to be gone. Yeah. Like, they wanted them to assimilate. Which I think, like, a lot of what happens, or a lot of, like, what people think about Canada, like, you... People always say that Canada is like where nice people live, mm-hmm. like Canadian niceness. But Canada has a lot of problems, a lot of problems in how it teaches. It's like um, the way America teach uh, treats black, the black population, mm-hmm. like just the mistreatment, the radicalization, the racism, the prejudice, the you know, like the prejudice that's practiced. Like, and I didn't realize this. I mean, I knew about... Um, the school that was found in Canada, which I'm going to touch on in a little bit, but just to give backstory of like what is going on with like the starlight tours and what type of situation that indigenous people are in, in this province of Canada. Like it, it's just not, let me, let me take a step back. It's just, I did the research on this and I was so surprised because it's like we like have joked about like oh we don't li- we don't want to live in the United States let's go move to Canada yeah but honestly Canada is not any better I mean they so have like you haven't really explained what that is so okay um, we're gonna get into it okay give them backstory okay imagine taking this population of young children and uh, under the under the guise of state sanctioned protection assimilating them into proper Canadian culture whatever that means. Really, to me, what I understood with it is it's synonymous with white whiteness. Obviously, you you then take the children, abuse them sexually, and beat them. They're not allowed to see their families. They don't allow them to be raised in their culture and refuse to have them speak their own languages. They cut their hair that holds a lot of cultural significance. They don't allow them to dance. They don't allow them to, tr- uh, to practice any kind of cultural practices or traditions that they're taught. A lot of these kids were taken young, and they're growing up in a system that shames them and their culture. They're supposed to want to assimilate to Canadian culture because this this is like close, like being close to white Canadian is like the right thing. Mm-hmm. So thinking back in May of 2021, a couple of years ago, 1,900 bodies on one of the old campuses of a couple boarding schools in Canada um, were found. Um, officials found several mass graves full of thousands of dead children's bodies who attended those residential schools. It was very common for kids to disappear. It was common for kids to be overworked, murdered, hurt, and beaten. Imagine growing up and existing in a space as a kid that you're ripped apart from your family and all these things are happening to you. And then now these children grow up and have children of their own. And do you think those kids that that like suffered this type of abuse are going to be like high functioning adults, especially when they don't have resources, especially when they're in situations where they they like live in uh, not so great of like housing and things like that. Like all this to say that I feel like when people say that people of color or like indigenous people are no good and they only get into bad things is because they're put or we're put in a situation where that's all we know. Like the mm-hmm. abuse that like that is brought like brings us up and like all of these bad experiences, like there's a reason why these things are happening. It's not just because like we all act this way. It's because yeah. these things happen to us that make us react to things in this way, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. It's like um, the saying of hurt people hurt people. Yeah. But so, I know what you mean where it's like there's some stereotypes like racist stereotypes saying that like if you're from a certain demographic that you are more prone to certain things. Yes. Um, like I know one guy I used to work with, he was uh Cheyenne Arapaho. He's, he one time mentioned like, Oh, I'm Cheyenne Arapaho. So I have to be an alcoholic kind of as a joke. And I mean, I didn't really understand the reference. So I was like, what do you mean? And he kind of explained it. It's like, yeah, it's like a, like a stereotype, stereotype. to say that like indigenous people are alcoholics. Yeah. Or that they do math. Mm-hmm. That's another stereotype or that they beat their wives. Mm-hmm. That's another stereotype. So all this to build up because like, I feel like the reason people give or like the dumbass justification that they give for the starlight tours is so stupid. Oh, they act this way. Oh, it's because they're like this and we're tired of having them, them 
in our communities and things like that. Like separating them from us to them. Yes, it's like um, them sorry. not thinking about like these people as people. It's like them and us situation. Mm -hmm. Now that you mentioned about the bodies that were found um, at that church, I remember when it was discovered, it was on the news for it, a while. It was and a big deal. A lot of people were so... I mean, it's because like... Again, like the Starlight Tours, these were rumors. Like mm -hmm. people like whispered about these things. Wait, hold on. I so wanted to years. kind of share like a slight deviation from the okay, story. Okay, go ahead. It'll be quick. Um, I remember when it first came out, it was on the news everywhere. And I, at the time, I used to work at a bank. Mm -hmm. And at the bank, we used to have like the TV on with the news. Just like generic, just news. And um, I remember this lady came by and she was like, I wasn't, I wasn't the one helping her, but it was like one of my coworkers that was helping her. Um, and she turns to the TV and she's like, you know, my coworker, she's kind of doing her transaction and she kind of mentions something like, D did you see that in Canada? They're trying to, um, they're trying to make Christianity and Catholicism illegal because of that. Yeah. They're burning churches. Oh, I do remember. And I was like, about that. what the fuck? And I remember that that was happening. There were people, especially like the native population yeah. that were angry they were rightfully angry that thousands of children were stripped from their culture and their language and their connection to their people and then m murdered like or, i don't know not murdered but they died it was like a thousand nine hundred bodies like rightfully so they were angry so they would burn down churches mm -hmm. and um i remember that lady she like my coworker wasn't aware of it but the lady was like yeah they're they're just mad at christianity and i was just like how the fuck can you take that situation and make yourself the victim? How can you see all of that that was happening? What type of fucking mental gymnastics do you have to think about in your head to make yourself the victim? Mm -hmm. That's all. That's all people see. It's like it's because people other other people like mm -hmm. they're like oh they're not really people they're indigenous oh they're not they're Mexicans oh they're black mm -hmm. like it's to them like. We're so, so many worlds apart, and I will always say this every single time. Segregation was not that long ago. Mm -hmm. We need to get over this fact and stop, and, and people stop saying that racism is not a thing anymore. It very much is, and those people are grandparents that raised their children, and their children are having children, and then we've got these generations coming out. So there are very much, racism is still alive and well today. It's just not as out loud because people are more prone to getting in trouble or losing their jobs if they post anything dumb online or mm. if they talk about it outwardly. But this shit is still real. Like, it just, it's so annoying how, like, people refuse to believe anything that's experienced by another body, like, is, it's like out of it's sight, out of mind. They will yeah. never understand it. And it's just like, are you that stupid that you don't get it? Like, you have to be stupid, dumb, and, like, just ignorant this, to the world and the stories are there yeah. people sharing their stories are there at that point if you're not willing to believe it and it's like well, i don't care about what fantasy you're living in yeah like we're living in the real in the real world and unfortunately it's us sharing those stories and bringing to light all these terrible shit but for you to just deny it it's like you're not even listening oh no they're just trying to attack christianity they're trying to <laughs> attack christmas by doing this the war like, on Christmas. Shut oh my the God. fuck up. Like, you're so stupid and so, like, short-sighted, like, close-minded. Like, it is not about that. But anyways, so what I was mentioning is Sorry. that, like, this whole time, Continue. like, the whole thing with the church, mm -hmm. people whispered about it for years, but they, like, there was no substantial evidence. Mm -hmm. Like, there was nothing concrete until they found those bodies in 2021. That's when they were like, okay, this shit is real. And that's when people started rioting. That's when people were protesting. That's when people, it was like, we have something to be angry about because we have proof. Yes. And people were saying dumb shit like that. Mm -hmm. So let's bring it back to the Starlight Tours. So let me give you a definition. And this is straight off of the website. Starlight Tours happened in West, uh, Western Canada, notably in the provinces of Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Alberta. The practice involves law enforcement officers driving indigenous people to remote locations and leaving them stranded in sub-zero temperatures. These tours begin with police typically profiling and arresting indigenous people for alleged drunkenness or dis disorderly behavior. Such judgments, however, are often found upon stereotypes 
and are inaccurate in many instances. Victims will often have their clothes and belongings taken by officers, further exposing them to harsh elements. Despite intentionally leaving victims defenseless in freezing temperatures, the cause of death for someone who does not survive is simply hypothermia. No police officers have ever been charged with murder for carrying out a starlight tour to this day. Wow. Yeah. So this is why I wanted to give some context before I started reading. Like, just to say, like, what's happening to black people in America is happening to indigenous people in Canada. Like, this this is happening. Well, they're not the same, but they're very parallel. Yes, like, it's parallel. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'm sorry, but for it to have its own name seems to me that it was a common enough occurrence to give it its It's own name. The Starlight Tour is a euphemism for that. And that is so sad. Things like this happening was a big topic of conversation in the First Nations community. A lot of people already knew that this was real and was happening, but people tried to minimize it and act like it wasn't happening. Um, It was often just hushed and thought out to be a rumor. It was like, just swept under the rug. They're like, it's not real. It's not real. This Mm. is just like a scary story they tell us to keep us in line, right? Yeah. That was until one of these men came back alive to tell his tale. On January 1st, 2000, a man named Daryl Knight was hanging out at his uncle's house. He's about 30 years old and is part of the Salto First Nations tribe. They were having a party and having a great time between friends and family. It's January 1st, you know, New Year. A fight breaks out and he's been drinking. He didn't want to be in trouble because he wasn't involved in the fight. He wasn't involved in all the drama, but because he knew that he already had issues with the law... He made exclusive promises to his family that he was no longer going to be in and out of trouble with the law. He decided to then remove himself from the situation. He gets up and leaves the house. Daryl had only made it to the next street when the cops saw him and threw him in the back of their cop car, thinking he was somebody that was at the at the party that was involved in the ruckus. So basically, one of the neighbors called the police, and the police showed up and saw him walking away and just assumed that he was one of the people that was involved in the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they throw him in the back of a cop car and just assume, uh, all right. And he just kind of assumes, all right, here we go. I'm going to be thrown in the drunk tank and I'll deal with it in the morning. He's not worried. He then starts to notice that the cops are driving in the complete opposite direction of the police station. This is when he starts to get nervous and he decides to memorize these men's badge numbers and their last names. And this will become important later. So they're flying in the opposite direction of the police station until they reach three miles outside of Saskatoon. Mind you, it's 20 degrees below freezing tonight on this particular night. He's obviously nervous. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He's scared for his life. And like the cops are completely silent the whole three miles outside, like the whole drive outside of Saskatoon. And they throw him out of the cop car. And what they say to him is when they're pulling him out is, Get out of the car, you fucking Indian. Huh. Mm-hmm. So they throw him out. They say that to him and bang his head on the hood of the car. And they take off his hand- handcuffs in the sub-zero temperature. He has a light coat, which I looked up and is actually a jean jacket. He had a jean jacket on. Mm-hmm. Nothing that is adequate for being stranded in sub-zero temperatures. He was at his uncle's house, literally down the street from his parents' house or his house. Yeah. Like he wasn't expecting to be out in the cold for very long, like nothing. So he didn't prepare. So he's yelling at them as the cop car is driving away. He yells at them again and he says, I'm going to freeze out here. And they said, well, that's your fucking problem. And then they drive off and he realizes that he's going to be dead if he doesn't want, if he doesn't find a way for himself out of the situation. Oh my God. Yeah. So he's starting to feel really cold and he just looks forward and starts walking and hopes and hopes to God that he makes it somewhere, somewhere before he freezes to death. So Daryl continues walking because he knows that if, if he doesn't keep walking, he's going to freeze and die out there and he's putting up a fight for his life. He walked what he felt like he said, like after when they interviewed him, he's like, it felt like 50 miles, but really it was just two miles. And at around 5 a.m., It just so happened that he found a power plant that had all the lights on, but was empty. It was 5 a.m. I don't think people were at work yet. You know, this is like regular kind of office hours. Mm -hmm. And so no one's there yet. So he runs up and he's hoping that somebody's there. So he's banging on the doors, banging on the windows for 30 minutes until he realized that he no longer feels cold, which is a big telltale sign that you're that you're about to die like you're not Mm -hmm. feeling cold anymore like then you start feeling hot and you start taking off your clothes 
you know that's when it's about it when it's about time to go like the grim reaper's coming for you so he starts getting more frantic and finally a door opens and the security guard opens it and sees daryl daryl standing there literally icicles on his eyelashes eyebrows all over his face and he tells him the story of what happened and that the police had dropped him off three miles out of the town and he had to walk back or free or almost freeze the overnight security guard did not believe him but he still called him a taxi to come get him and take him home. This obviously was not part of the cops' plans. They were not expecting Daryl to make it back that night. Wow. Yeah. He's able to get home safely. His family's excited to see him, and he lets them know exactly what happened. How the night before, two cops took him three miles out of, out, out of the town in sub-zero temperatures, and how he was saved by a security guard at the power plant. He tells them everything. Every detail, the badge numbers, the names, everything. Without a shadow of a doubt, at this point, his family realizes that the Starlight Tours are not just something that are rumors or conjectures to scare people. These things are actually happening, and they're happening in real time at that point in the 2000s. Because doesn't this part of the country also have um, a large uh, percentage of missing missing indigenous, indigenous people? people? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So. Wow. So his parents were like, okay, you need to call the police because that's naturally like the first action you take. But like the police are the ones doing this to you. Yeah. So who the fuck do you call? The police don't police themselves. They can do an internal investigation, but we all know how that turns out all the time. They're like, I decided I did nothing wrong. I decided that I didn't get in trouble. Goodbye. It's just a really, like really, really difficult situation. Like it's just like, he didn't actually know what to do. And it's like, what the fuck is going to happen? Who's going to provide you with the means of getting justice when the police are the ones that are doing this to you? Mm -hmm. The sad part is one day after Daryl's experience, the police found the body of a 25 year old indigenous man named Rodney, who was in the exact same area that Daryl was dropped off three miles outside of Saskatoon. And he was frozen to death. Oh my God. One month later, on February 29, 2000, another man named Lawrence, was all, who was also an indigenous man, was found in the same exact area that Daryl was dropped off and that Rodney was left, seen only wearing a t-shirt and jeans in sub-zero temperatures. His body was found and he was last seen on January 20, or 31st, 2000. And to keep in mind, this part of like Canada is super cold this time of the year. So if he had frozen to death, nothing would have happened to his body. It would have just been frozen out in the field until it was found. Wow. So his body sat out there for almost a month before he was found. Now, we're up to two frozen bodies in the same place that Daryl was able to escape from. The two bodies were found, and then Daryl finally decides to say something. And so now that he says something, and there's two bodies that were found, the RCMP decides to open an internal investigation. Right. Sorry, what's that? The Royal the Royal Canadian Mountain Police, oh, which okay. is their police department, right? Mm-hmm. The RCMP. So they're like, okay, I guess something weird's happening. Um, let's open an investigation. How do you think that ended? Tell me, how do you think that ended? They're like, I did nothing wrong. Exactly. Money, and please. they ruled that Rodney's and Lawrence's deaths were accidental. Of course. That it was hypothermia. Well, of course Sorry. it's going to be fucking hypothermia. But why the fuck were they taken out there to begin with? There's no mention anywhere of how they may have got there, who how, who took them out there, and um, that was acceptable enough to the public to sell to say, well, who knows? They're indigenous people. They were drunk and they were wandered out there. That's what happened. That's cl- that's clearly what happened. The racism was so strong that people did not give a fuck about these two men that were found frozen. Wow. Another issue, like with with what happened with these two bodies is the crime scene. This crime scene was ruined. A lot of people violated a lot of rules and kept kept the, uh, instead of keeping the crime scene clear and clean and using gloves to investigate like the items, the crime scene was trashed. The evidence that collected was obviously questioned and its integrity was questioned because it was like the crime scene was just terrible. Like people were stepping on everything, touching a lot of things. People that shouldn't be touching that wouldn't that were not police were in the crime scene, stepping and touching on touching things. What the fuck? Why? Yeah. To me, it sounds like the police did this on purpose to sabotage the crime scene. Potential evidence. Yes. Oh my god. That's what it sounded like to me. 
The police chief later publicly mentions that the whole crime scene was contaminated because of the cops' lack of experience and curiosity. The police chief admits that it was handled all wrong from the top to bottom simultaneously, does not take responsibility for it. His only excuse was that it was handled wrong. Isn't that great? Isn't that a likely story? Yeah, because they can easily just wash their hands off of it. Yep. They're like, wow, it's a mess. What do you want me to do now? Yep. It's like... So the internal investigation came up with nothing. The investigation into these bodies were closed like two weeks later after they were found. Like nothing. Well, Lawrence's mom had actually mentioned that he had left the house in in an expensive down jacket and expensive snow boots. Lawrence was more ready for the cold than the other guys were. But where they found him, those those articles of clothing were not on him. Mm Mm-hmm. There was, and those pieces of clothing, nobody could find them anywhere around there. Not his jacket, not his shoes. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. This was extremely suspicious, but what did end up coming out of it is the whole internal investigation. They also found out that like when cops pick up people, they have to log it on a little book and they're in charge of writing it down. So this also seemed very suspicious that cops weren't picking people up and and like the logs were missing. They're like, oh, so you guys really did nothing this whole night. Like you didn't pick anybody up, which seemed weird and suspicious to the public. Mm-hmm. And so like this is where like seeds of doubt started being sown into people. They're like something fucking weird is happening here. And it was more than just the indigenous communities. Like something was sounding in people's heads, but there was not enough evidence at this point to kind of point somebody in the right direction. If you know that these deaths are going to be investigated because these bodies are going to are going to be found, are you going to write them in your logbook? Probably not. That's evidence yeah. against him. These police officers them. had no intention of writing these these um, indigenous men or indigenous people in their logbooks at all. Like come like you're setting it up to be so easy for them, you know? Yeah. There's almost like no accountability or anything. So um Things are starting to get fishy. One body's missing clothes. Another guy is gone for almost a month until he's found. Daryl comes back and he's starting to say like, hey, there's something going on. Like I was treated this way. So these stories start to start to gain media attention and traction. Many different humanitarian and indigenous peoples groups start getting involved and start protesting. Lots of different people are putting the heat on the police department in this particular province because it's starting to seem like a pattern and it's starting to not look good on them as the media's public eye gets wider and wider. They start to crumble under the pressure of the whole country watching them and they scramble and try to explain why there are two bodies found and a third man who survive. And he's touting the story of like these police officers mistreating him. So he's like, so it's like, how is this happening? So like after a certain point though, do you think that like there was clues, not really evidence, but there was clues pointing in the one direction that would make it appear that he wasn't lying? Like do you think some people were like, "Huh, maybe things are finally like things are things are lining up a little too well." Yeah, so here's this next part. Then a call comes into a local newspaper asking a journalist to investigate the story of a man who was found frozen to death in the 90s. In 1990, right? Oh, shit. It was his mother, and what happened to him never sat right with her. How her son was found, what what ended up happening to him, so the local paper picked it up and started to investigate the story privately. The journalist started looking into this and found an article about this particular case. The victim's name was Neil Stonechild, and he was found frozen on the outskirts of Saskatoon in 1990, a full 10 years before Daryl's case. You can only imagine how many other people went under or unreported or underreported, how many other missing people disappeared and no one knew what ended up happening to them, even dating before the 1990s, through the 90s, through the 2000s. Like, there's not good record of this. I mean, even if there was people, I feel like in the 90s, it really wasn't a good time to be a minority. Yeah. So at this point in our story... We have confirmed a situation that was, again, similar to what happened to these men in the 2000s. Neil Stonechild was 17 in 1990, an indigenous First Nations man, and he was well-known around town for being a bit of a troublemaker. He had gotten arrested for a robbery at at some point, and he was living out of a group home. Robbery. Yeah. What did I say? (laughs) You said robbery. Robbery. Sorry. (laughs) The Statue of Lizardy. 
<laughs> it's the statue of Litterbee. <laughs> yeah. So he was in trouble for robbery. He went. I feel like I said it wrong again. Robbery. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned anything. So he's living out of a group home. The week mm. that he disappeared, he was seen walking out of the group home in order to hit the road and escape. He was still considered a minor at this point and had an active warrant out for his arrest. Neil was known as an early alcoholic that that had gone to AA meetings through the group home regularly. Even though he may have been considered as troubled, a lot of people said he was a really good guy and had and all had glowing reviews of who he was as a person, even though he kind of a check he had a kind of checkered history. On November 23rd, 1990, Neil and his Neil and his friend Jason Roy decide to go out of town drinking. This is after Neil had left the group home. It was, I think, that night or the next night. Um, so they spend the night drinking and partying, and the plan was to go over to a female friend's house or apartment who was babysitting. They're drunk at this point and head that way. She tells them, though, not to come and purpose- purposefully did not give them her full address because she knew they were drunk and she didn't want them around the baby she was babysitting. Mm-hmm. And I believe that they probably called her on a landline because I'm like, Thinking, in the 90s, we didn't really have cell phones. Yeah. So, both Jason and Neil decided instead of leaving to bang on all the doors, screaming her name, trying to figure out where she was at. Of course, this behavior prompts someone to call the police. After a while, before the cops arrive, Jason tells Neil that he wants to go to a different friend's house. He's like, He was like, I'm cold, I'm tired, and we can't find her. Like, we're making a lot of noise. I'm going to go ahead and go. Neil acknowledges and says that he's going to continue to try to look for his friend. So he keeps knocking on people and yelling, keep knocking on people's door and yelling that girl's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jason starts walking down the street and he gets a little bit of ways away, like a couple of blocks away. And then a cop car pulls up next to him and the cops say, um, hey, do you know this man in the back of our car? And he looked in the back of the car and the person he saw was Neil. Neil looked terrified. Jason, uh, Jason was also wanted out and had a warrant for his, uh, for his arrest. So he lied when they asked him his name and who, like if he knew the guy in the back. So he did not tell him his name. Um, and he didn't tell him that he was like, no, I don't know him. That was the last time Neil was seen alive. Jason later said that he will never forget seeing the blood rushing down Neil's face. This was an obvious sign. He was beaten up by the police before he was placed in the back of the cop car. What the fuck? He was screaming Jason's name, screaming for Jason to help him, and and screaming that the cops were going to kill him. And that was the last time anyone ever saw Neil. Five days later, on November 28th, 1990, Neil's frozen body was found on the outskirts of town. Jesus, man. Imagine imagine, um, the guilt that Jason must have felt. It's like, what if I had said something? Yep. The story that was then offered to Neil's mom was bec- uh, was that they had claimed Neil had gotten out of the cop car and was trying to walk to the adult correction facility out in the outskirts. He was drunk and he ended up freezing to death. Neil's mom didn't believe any of this story because she didn't believe her son would try and walk that far in negative 20 degrees below Celsius. No. Like Even he if walk. he was drunk. like No. That's not... No. When his mother and family went to view his body at the funeral... They noticed that there were many cuts and bruises on his face, bumps on his head, indicating that he had been beaten in some capacity, and there was skin missing from his wrists and thumbs, like when they put uh, handcuffs, handcuffs on your hands. Yeah. yeah. Um, it looked like he had put up a fight in some kind of fight. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't look like a person that just had frozen to death. And it didn't look like he was he was attempted to be eaten by animals. That wasn't it either. It was like lacerations, like someone had beat the shit out of him. Oh my god. Yeah. It didn't look like he fell over in the freezing temperatures. Obviously, something something happened extremely violent before his death. In December, 6 days later, the police the police department decided to completely close the investigation before they even received a coroner's report, a toxicology report, or a full autopsy. The fact that they closed up the investigation before any of those things were received was super suspicious. Jason was interviewed by police twice and never heard back regarding what he saw that night. He personally approached a homicide detective from the area, and he never heard back either. So we're flashing forward back into the 2000s with a particular journalist who was tipped off about Neil's story from the 90s. He comes out and connects that article with Daryl's experience, and he publicly talks about it, as well as what happened to Neil in the 90s. 
So this is really where shit hits the fan. The police officers that took Daryl out that night were subpoenaed. They got together and corroborated a whole story about how Daryl wanted to be dropped off at the outskirts of town for some reason. They hadn't done it intentionally, and there was no racialized undertone is what they claimed. They then tried to kind of cover their tracks for the other disappearances and say that this happens all the time, admitting that they had dropped off other indigenous men at the outskirts of town. They did not get the response that they wanted from this, and the public fucking crucified them. Because they were like, you fucking liars. Why would these men ask you to drop them off in sub-zero temperature in the outskirts of town? You fucking liars. Why would several men ask to be dropped off like that? Yeah. They were trying to cover their asses by saying like, oh, there are other people that have asked us. Because now they're thinking, who else lived? Yep. Just in case anyone else else Yeah, who else saw us? Like, So Mm -hmm. now they're trying to cover their ass. So what ended up happening is the judge basically concludes that detaining Daryl as soon as they drove in the opposite direction of the of the police uh, the police department is um, is a crime. It's a crime of like uh, detaining detainment, like unlawful detainment. Yeah, and like they almost argued it for like kidnapping because he didn't ask them, he didn't ask to be dropped off. They took him, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, in Canada, this sentence usually holds a punishment of about 10 years. Oh, okay. Ken Munson and Dan Hatchin, the police officers that drove Daryl, were suspended without pay, found guilty of unlawful confinement, and ordered to serve an eight-month jail sentence. Eight months? Unfortunately, they were free after serving only four months of their sentence for good behavior. Yeah, because their friends were on the other side of the fucking bars. Yep. Wow. Yep. Yep. Honestly, I'm I'm just as surprised actually that they were convicted and sentenced. That's 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 a big that's surprise surprising. To me. And I think it yeah. was because of all the media. There were so many people paying attention mm-hmm. to what was going on. They knew that if they didn't do something, that somebody was going to swoop in and say, "All of you guys are are fucking." idiots get them out of office like get this judge out get this chief out yeah they're like they were just gonna clean they were trying house. to set them as the example yeah but for four months i think what they were trying to do is kind of wait out those months eventually because they probably knew they probably knew like no they're not gonna serve their full sentence yeah um i hate how people are so willing to be like oh well at least it's something yeah. And I know I just said it's not enough. Like, but it's like, girl, we should not be accepting the bare fucking minimum. Yeah, the bar is low. The bar is on the ground. The bar is on the ground, and it seems like, why are we happy with them just getting eight months? Yeah. Like these are people that died, brothers, dads, uncles. Yeah, these are people. Like, try to think about like, what if this was your uncle or what if this was your dad or what if this was your brother? Like, it's so easy to like compartmentalize, but these are people with families. Mm -hmm. So the police chief was also relieved of his duties. And I found this really surprising after he was fired. The police chief publicly finally acknowledged that what happened to Daryl Knight, Rodney Nyastas, Lloyd Dustyhorn, and Neil Stonechild were commonplace practices. That this happened to First Nations individuals more than usual, and he admitted to basically the fact that he had knowledge that this was happening the whole time he was a police chief. So he knew. All of that was corroborated, and the Starlight Tours were no longer a myth. They were true, and they had now convictions under its belt. Oh. They were trying to set the fucking precedent. Yep. And that's fucked up that he's like, yeah, I kind of knew this was going on. I just didn't do anything about it. Logs looked a little too empty to me at the end of the night. It's like, like, bitch, what were you doing all night? Nothing. Scratching his balls. Not not working. The fuck? No. The bar is on the ground. So what has happened since this happened? The province of Saskatchewan created a commission of inquiry into the death of Neil Stonechild, criticizing the Saskatoon Police Service and making eight recommended recommendations for change they recommended increasing the number of indigenous police officers designating an aboriginal police officer uh as peace officer with the rank of sergeant improving race relations and anger management training for officers 
and making it easier for the public to file complaints against the police. 19 years later, progress remained slow and the starlight tours continue to happen. So, obviously they did not take into consideration what was told. And so I found this also interesting. So this is pulled off directly from an article. According to mainstream news uh, news networks, the most recent Starlight Tour incident is that of Jeremiah. In the summer of 2019, an Ontario provincial police officer took the young man, left him on the side of a highway, and told him not to return. He walked in intense heat for 10 to 14 hour, hours to Gold Bay, the closest community to him. In a CBC interview, Skunk recalled that he had to drink water out of puddles on the side of the road to stay hydrated, stating, I could have died. So his name was uh, Jeremiah Skunk. That's what, so he goes by Skunk. How, uh, sorry, how far did they take him out of town? Uh, It's not stated, but he had to, so they told him, don't come back this way. Mm -hmm. So he walked the other direction, 10 to 14 hours to the next town. What the fuck? So, because he knew that if he went back to the town that where he was from, they were Mm going to kill him. He's like, they're obviously going to do something to him, to, to me. So I have to go the other way. So what that's why he ended God. up walking 10 to 14 hours in the intense summer heat to go to the next town. As shocking as his account is, Skunk is not the most recent Starlight Tours victim, not by a long shot. On April 4th, 2023, a video on the social media platform TikTok described the practice of Starlight Tours. In the comments, hundreds of users united to share their stories. Some shared first-hand hand accounts and others shared stories of their loved ones. There was a comment that said, had a cousin and uncle die from this. On their record, it states that they drank too much. Another one comments, happened to my brother, took his shoes and jacket. He walked back to the city and it took him almost three hours until he got back. Another user said, worse is when they take your belt shoelaces and warm coats, been stranded outskirts of town multiple times myself. The last user wrote, they did this to me while I was eight months pregnant in the rain. I only had a tank top and leggings on. It was freezing, probably walked for six hours before I got picked up. So this is still fucking oh happening today. Sorry, as you were reading, I opened my phone and it was uh, TikTok, not TikTok, Twitter. And the first thing I see, someone tweeted saying, it's a picture of a a little pig with a police hat on. Uh-huh. And it says, guess what? I don't stop crime. The main role of law enforcement is to catch and process criminals after crimes have already occurred. Abolition and defunding efforts seek to redistribute funds into programs focused on fixing social and economic issues that create crime in the first place. And this in most is why times, I mentioned the backstory at the beginning. Yeah. Like the the situation people are put in gives you no other it doesn't give you that situation you're put in makes you disenfranchised you can't afford school you can't afford education Mm -hmm. so what else is there but to turn to crime or easy money yeah wasn't there like a like a study done by like the world health organization or something that um that tried to find the cause of crime and all of them were like lack of access to resources lack of access to good paying jobs and it's like we didn't even fucking learn anything nope they're like wow what was that anyway that is true i do remember talking about that yes but not even that like with as much as um defunding and redistributing of funds you're not going to get rid of racism like that nope and that's what this was (sighs) it's in all the all the police that kept us a secret because there had to be more police that knew about this yeah people always want to say like Oh, there's good police out there. It's the blue wall of fucking silence. They protect each other. Mm-hmm. The fact that they're not saying when they know one of their one of their buddies is doing something that makes them a piece of shit just as much as like the other that guy. one guy that Guilty one cop by association. Car, uh, that one um sorry that what was his name cop uh <laughs> the chief the chief the, of police the chief of police yes yeah. he fucking knew all along and didn't do anything so yeah. it's like even if they're at the very fucking top of the food chain and the fucking police station they're still not doing anything yeah like you're the boss you could be saying something you could be stopping that but instead they're buying pizza parties insane insane i can't understand racism it's like how are you mad that someone doesn't look like you that's the end of the starlight tours wow that's it that's all i have intense intense yeah so it's like 
I don't even know what trigger warnings. Like I did men- mention like sexual abuse at the beginning, but I'm like, this is kind of like racism, br- police yeah, brutality. Like, I was just like, uh, it's not outwardly like violent, but like it's the themes are heavy that we talk about. It is though. Like it's violent because it's racist. Yeah. It, but like, to me, I was thinking of like, when we talked about Stacey Vincent, I talked about how like she got her arm cut off. Like it's gory. Mary Vincent. Yeah. Mary Vincent. And we talked about how, like, those things happened. Like, this was different to me. Like, it was... But you're right. Like, it's still violent, even though it's, like... It's an abuse I'm not of power. actively describing, like, somebody getting dismembered. Like, it's still very a, a very violent thing that people have... That people feel some type of way about, you know? Yeah. I think, to me, I see it as a form of violence because not only is it racially motivated, it's an abuse of power. Yeah. Like, they're taking advantage of their title of their position as a police officer someone that's supposed to be like highly regarded within the society they're taking that power and using it to abuse a, a population delusional delusional i fucking I hate feel like that a theme that keeps coming up in this podcast is how trashy the police are and no matter yeah. what country they are no in. matter what country that's Damn. crazy. Damn. <laughs> like, I made Damn. the joke the other, the other episode about, like, oh, it's not just the politicians that are corrupt. Like, baby. <laughs> They're everywhere, actually. Yep. In the U.S., they just call it lobbying. Yep. <laughs> They're like, we're not corrupt. <laughs> we just accept millions of dollars of money from uh, private interest groups and call it lobbying. Yep. Fucking crazy. This shook me. I don't know why I didn't do this like before when I mentioned it to you the first time. Mm-hmm. It was like I had to process what the fuck was happening. And yes. it took me a year to process. It's just sometimes you don't know how to tackle things like this. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like, where do I start? And so I was like, okay, this is a good, this is good a time as any to talk about this. But that being said, what do you have for the palate cleanser? Because I feel like <laughs> we I need, need it. to, like after <laughs> that, like I'm just like hyped up. Yeah, I it's always awkward moving from such like a heavy topic to something like more lightheaded and that's kind of the reason why we put in the pile of cleansers. Lightheaded like, or lighthearted? Lighthearted. What did I say? You said headed. Oh. <laughs> We're about to pass out. I'm I'm passing out. Um but <laughs> lighthearted, I'm sorry. Um but there's no right way to transition from something. It's like I hate doing it because sometimes it feels like I don't care about the case that you just mentioned, but it's like we do, which is why we're sharing it. But we also want to, you know, kind of reset, cleanse the palate. This is your little piece of ginger after you just, or before you finish your sushi roll. Wait, before. You mean before you switch from one roll to another roll? There you go. That's what it is. Thank or maybe you. the little, you know, when you go smell, uh, you probably don't. But when you go smell colognes or perfumes, <laughs> they give you like a little bit of coffee because it cleanses mm-hmm. your nose so yes. you can smell the next perfume. Yeah. Here's your little cup of um, coffee beans. It's tax season. I mentioned it earlier. I fucking hate this time of year. <laughs> it's fucking stressful. You know what's the worst? Like, what? It's sometimes you're like, oh man, I have to amend my tax return because this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you call and they're like, oh, hey, yeah, the end of tax season was yesterday the tax, the CPA won't be back for another two months. They're on vacation. And I'm like, bitch, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Because, like, during this time of the year, they're literally working from, like, 6 a.m. to midnight every night. They just like me for real. They just like you for real because they're trying to file them taxes. Yeah. And I'm sure that they win their money's worth and then they go on vacation for two months. That (laughs) literally happened. (laughs) I called, remember, last year... I called and I was like, hey, like, can I talk to somebody about like business stuff? Like business. Oh, taxes? yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, no, this lady's gone to Mexico for the next two months. I'll let her know that you called. Never called me back. Of course. Um, what we got next? So that was what tax. Was I gonna say? No, I was going to say, like, um, I don't think I've ever amended a tax. Like, if I have to, like, if I get an additional form after I filed my taxes, I'm just not going to include I it. ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't see it a 1098c i don't give a fuck i don't know what that is i just said random a w2c oops no 10 1098c what is that i'm pretty sure that's a text <laughs> contributions of motor vehicles Ew. what the fuck i don't know <laughs> it's a set of numbers you mean 10 
1095 C that's for uh for when you have insurance like medical insurance 1095 C employer provided health insurance yes yes I did have health insurance the entire year thank yeah. you mm-hmm. let's report it yeah <laughs> um oh you got dividends from stock Ooh, enjoy your twelve dollars here's bets. your form three months after you file your taxes <laughs> good luck good luck paying the irs back for four hundred dollars that like, you owe oh now. you're late oh oh for twelve dollars oh. oh yeah <laughs> so bien god damn the irs is like let me fuck you up just a little they, bit i feel like they intentionally make it complicated they do um so uh, sorry i was saying it's tax season which means like no crab in the ocean is safe <laughs> okay <laughs> like well, as soon as people start getting their fucking tax refund people forget how to act like i remember <laughs> i start paying off my credit cards me i'm i'm that's what i'm trying to fucking do that's what i'm trying from to fucking the, do from all the knickknacks and patty wax i bought during the year and put it on my credit card to put off yep Every time we travel, yup. It's my money and I need it now. Thanks, you know what's Joe fucking Byron. crazy to me? What? That the, so uh, the IRS knows how much they owe you, yeah. right? Why do they overwithhold? Why don't you just send me a fucking bill and let me make payments on it? Because they earn interest when the money hits their account. Oh, you didn't know? But they're still getting it. Yeah, but they're like if I still gaining money. Them, for just having oh, the money. Oh, you're overpaying, so they have more money, yeah. is what you're saying. So they make money off the money that you're overpaying, and when it's time to file, Pedazos they're like, here verde. you go, here's your money, leave me alone. They're fucking pedazos de mojón verde is what they are. <laughs> they're, they're so funny. They're a newborn baby's poop. That's they're like, the how, much do poop. I, how much do I owe? And they're like, you have to guess. It's like, <laughs> is it this much? No, jail. Like, Yeah. They make it super complicated. Sorry, I was saying like all the crabs in the ocean are shaking. Um, like there was, there will not be a, a safe crab in the Ooh, ocean. I remember when people were getting stimulus payments too. I was you remember just that? that yeah. People like posted crabs and lobster, and I was like, "Damn, live your best life." I don't really like seafood. <laughs> I don't like seafood, but that doesn't mean I don't enjoy that other people enjoy it. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, that's true. What did I Good do with my them. stimulus check? I think I paid off my car. I think we, yeah, you did pay off your car and I gave a payment to my credit card. Why have I not finished paying off my credit card after giving these big ass payments? <laughs> I have a spending problem. Ew. I'm almost done. Okay. I'm almost done. I hope. In general or like with the palate cleansers? Oh, with everything. <laughs> oh, with paying off the credit card. Yeah. I'm over just here in like, general, oh, just in life. I, I'm, I'm almost done. Like, I'm almost done. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Do you remember uh, Nickelodeon's Worldwide Day of Play? Yeah, where they would fucking turn off the TV for 40 minutes. Yes. No, it wasn't even a fu- 40 minutes. I think it was like a whole day. They, it was just that screen of like, World Day of Play. It's go like, play get outside. out. Go outside. And I was like, mm, a Disney Channel. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's the only time i ever watched disney honestly <laughs> i just literally changed it i was like mm, i'm like seven let me watch charmed i want those i want to <laughs> watch those witches throw each other against walls per what did i do i don't know i don't remember i do remember that it happened one time right after i moved like i left illinois and I was living in a hotel for some time. And um, I remember it was like July. And in case anyone has never been to uh, the state of Oklahoma in the month it's of July. Hot. It fucking sucks. You know what? Nickelodeon is trying to fucking kill me. This is not a desert. This is, These are the plains. It used to be these a are, desert. These are Arizona temperatures. It's like 110, yeah. 115. Oh my God, that reminds Why? me. Why? Emily, other, like a few months ago, was trying to argue with me saying that like, Oklahoma's the Midwest, and I'm like, what if I kill you? Oklahoma is not the Midwest. It, it is. is this not is the, the South. Midwest. This is the South. Yeah, like baby, this is hot. This is Mexico. It used to be Mexico. This is hot. Actually, no, it didn't used to be. Well, anyway, Nickelodeon was Nickelodeon 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 was trying to fucking kill me when they're like, go outside. I don't yep. care. And they're like, please. Like, no. Murder. I'm just trying to fucking see Avatar The Last Terminator. No, I don't give a fuck. Go outside. Should have got the DVD the DVD set. <laughs> well, I was like a child, so. Um, have you heard that 
um stanley cups do you know what that is yeah they have lead in them <laughs> okay so i remember we talked to Brittany, our friend Brittany. um Brittany, about, friend of the pod Brittany, friend of the pod we were talking about uh stanley cups and she brought up a good point where she's like i don't care just let people enjoy stuff and i was like you know what you're right my first default is just to be a fucking hater but i was like you know what Brittany, you're so right and so smart um but That's I'm like, you she's know trying what? to be more positive. She turned a leaf. She turned they a new that. leaf. New leaf. Who this? Stanley Cups. Letting people yeah. enjoy. Me. I was you like, being a okay. Hater. I was a fucking hater because I was like, I can't imagine, like, how deeply engraved American consumerism is. Of course, I got to bring. Of course, I got to be annoying. We got to talk about that shit. Uh, you know, I always got to talk about comp- extreme consumerism where, in America. This is where the primos and primas turn away and they're like, ah, they're like, I'm done. I don't know what he's talking <laughs> about. I feel like a lot of people base their personality and base their status in society on what they own which is fine i guess but it's like if they take that stanley cup away from you what are you without the things you own what are you a person without a stanley a cup. person without a stanley cup i guess i don't know what a i would be without free. my i don't know what i would be without my cologne collection <laughs> i would smell like nothing oh no <laughs> what's that's, that like that's Bits. like being naked <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like, not to get off, uh, like, off topic, but, like, to me, wearing no fragrance is, mm. like, being naked. being naked. Huh. That's strange. And I can't even smell. Yeah. I I don't feel like I... Sorry, talking about consumerism again. Remember that one trend or that meme that's, like, if, if you're, someone were to defeat you in battle, what would your drop loot be? Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't think I have anything. I don't think I own anything of value, like a physical object that I care so much about. I, I know what your drop loot would what be. What would my drop loot be? Miniature items. Miniature items. Also nano blocks. My little, my little your tiny. little Pokemon. My little tiny You may Charizard. not be obsessed with expensive things, but you definitely are a collector of small things. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's not like I have a lot of them. You're um, saying my drop loot would be a little glass owl? The little glass case you have there, the animals you have in front of your computer, this shelf over here full of stuff. Thank you. There's also stuff in the bookcase. He clocked me. You have me. quite a lot of things. He clocked me. <laughs> <laughs> you may not have an obsession with Stanley Cups. You do have an obsession with st- miniature items. I still don't like trendy american consumerism i maybe think that's, that's what, what it, it is. is it's trendy american consumerism yeah and well honestly sorry kind of stepping back a little bit well i was talking to Brittany about it i think she's the one that brought it up or it's like it's just trendy let people do what they what they what they want to do but i remember like this was my sophomore year in high school um but i remember silly bands were a big thing back then do you remember those the plastic ones silly bands yeah that you put just, on your wrist yeah I do, yes. So it's kind of the same thing, I guess. Like, Did they have a meaning? Not really. Really? I feel like when I went to school, if you pop certain colors on people, that means you wanted to do something, something specific sexual with them. That's weird. Yeah, it was very I mean, strange. it's possible. I don't know. High school kids are fucking weird. Yeah. But I don't remember. I had like three. I don't know. I went to school in Florida, so it was different. This one girl I dated, she <gasps> had like her... You dated a girl? No, I'm just I kidding. <laughs> um, this girl had like her entire wrist covered in fucking silly pants. Were they the ones that were shaped like animals when you took them off? Yes. Oh, uh, those are different. Are those not silly bands? I think those are silly bands. The ones that I'm referring to are like plastic colored bands. They are silly bands. Huh. Anyway. Yeah. No, I don't know what you're referring to. I'm sorry. Mm, I'll show you a picture later. Um, but yeah, sorry. Uh, I guess Stanley Cups, Stanley Cups have led, and I'm so sorry that happened. Yeah. Um, last topic, and we could just call it a night. Go our separate ways. We can go our separate ways. We live together, by the way. Um, Until Dawn, the movie, is now in production. I meant Did go our separate that? ways as in like from our primos and primas. Oh, true. Off the podcast. You want to break up with me so bad. See how I literally didn't fucking do anything. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> uh, Until Dawn, the video game. 
Yes. Wow, so how fun. Until Dawn is a video game that was released, um, what was it, like five years ago? You're obsessed, yeah. So the plot of the game is... Don't ruin it. I'm not going to ruin it. Paranormal. It's kind of paranormal. Um, cryptid. Kind of cryptid. Um, you don't have to guess. I'm going to tell you, by the way. Um, it's like six people that go up to a cabin. They're all friends. And they're all like in high school or something. And they go up to a cabin. Um, after something happened the, the year before. And the whole game is like you make the decisions along the way. Like you choose whether or not to go investigate a sound. Go left. Hall. Go right. Yeah. Things like that. Um, and depending on your decisions changes whether or not a character lives or dies and it changes like the ending too um so i think it's really i'm excited to see what they're gonna do with it i'm excited to see the actors yeah the thing too it's like all the the video game all the characters are actually real actors they yeah. just they had their voice they had their, their Hayden face Penetier, jordan yeah. fisher who was that girl that did cheyenne on superstore Cheyenne on Superstore. Yeah. Cheyenne. Yeah. Uh, Rami Malek. Yeah, he was, he was on in there. it. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if maybe they'll do, like, they'll ask them to come back for the movie. Yeah. Uh, if not, it'll just be, like, interesting to see who they cast or who, who they decide to cast. So. Yeah. But yeah. I am more excited. Like, I feel very excited because we don't really watch TV, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, we're not we don't have things that we watch a lot. And so I don't recognize a lot of the actors that are coming out now. Yeah. Like, I'm like, who the fuck is this? And who, where have they been on? That's true. Like, we I do do that a lot. Where it's yeah. like, where have I seen that person before? Yeah. We're like, who the fuck is Noah Centineo? Who the fuck is Yeah. That? And it's like our, like in our time, it's like Selena Gomez and like Sandra Bullock and. Oh my God. I'm not going to say how I know him. Oh, I'll Twitter. tell you later. No, I'll, I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> His nudes leaked. Okay. Continue. <laughs> Go look for them on Twitter. Stop. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you're, out of, you're out of your fucking mind. I am. Anyways, anyway. that's all I got. Okay. <laughs> all right. Do you want to do the outro? No, you can. You got it. Okay. Okay. Thanks for listening. Please. Thanks for listening. Please. Thanks for listening. Please follow us on Instagram at Guestbookie Podcast and on Twitter at Guestbookie Pod. Also, email us any story suggestions or your own scary stories at guestbookiepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Taylor Turner for the artwork and Kyle Fields for the intro music. Don't forget to tell someone you love how much they mean to you. Bye-bye. Bye.